Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm Jonathan Messenger, and with me, as always, is my pal... Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. With me, as always, is my pal, Bebop, Robobogo, Wanatron. You know New York, you need New York, you know you need unique New York, you know New York, you need New York. Bebop, uh, what are you doing? I'm doing some vocal warm-ups with Bebop Season 2, Electric Bebaloo, on its way. I want to make sure my voice is in tip-top shape. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. Okay, well, before that happens... Hamburger ice cube, hamburger ice cube, hamburger ice cube. Bebop, I'm sorry, but do you do you mind? Could you just wait until I'm done introducing the show? Of course, of course. Sorry, Jonathan. Thanks so much, Bebop. Porcupine, Pokemon, porcupine, Pokemon, porcupine, Pokemon. Porcupine, Pokemon. I've never heard of that one before, but let's just get into the show, shall we? Fluffy butt, puffy butt, fluffy butt, puffy butt, fluffy butt, puffy butt, fluffy butt, puffy butt. Okay, let's just dial down his mic, shall we? Now, if you remember what happened in the last episode, it turned out the trumpet aliens were the true villains on King Huxley's planet, and one of them had grabbed hold of the amulet and grown to an enormous size. And when we last left our explorers, everyone but Finn and Foggy had boarded the pod, but the trumpet alien had blown it clear away. Let's see what happens in part one of the season finale, The Squeeze. said Finn. You were saying? Said the enormous trumpet alien. Nothing really, said Finn, who started to back away from the alien, still dragging Foggy. I believe you were saying something about how your troop was the best team in the universe and how nothing could ever stop you, so long as you were together, right? Finn looked over his shoulder. He couldn't see the pod anywhere. For all he knew, the giant trumpet alien had blown it all the way back to the dead zone. We're still together, shouted Finn. I still have Foggy. Actually, I'm not much more help than a talking pile of metal. Shh, Foggy, said Finn. There really is no hope, said the trumpet alien. I'm sure you've had your fun, but this is where your little adventures end. The trumpet alien reared back and blasted Finn up into the air. He dropped his hold on Foggy, and the robot fell to the ground. Finn flew up and would have kept sailing on the trumpet alien's song, except that he ran straight into a tree. He looked down, and he could see the trumpet alien turning to talk to the king, who was being helped up by Nutkin and Barkin. Finn... Stunned and grasping onto a tree branch, had only a second to think, before the trumpet alien was sure to come back for him. Foggy couldn't help. The pod was out of sight. There weren't even any gum aliens stuck to any of the surfaces to help him out of this predicament, the way Paige had gotten out of hers. How would Paige get out of this, he wondered. Probably march right back to the trumpet alien and tell him to pipe down. That wasn't going to help right now, or at least that wasn't really Finn's style. Finn climbed down from the tree while the trumpet alien's back was still turned and slipped down a path that led toward the stadium. 
Either the alien didn't consider him a threat or was preoccupied with what to do with the king, but Finn was able to get away quietly. For what seemed like a long time, he wound through the same paths that Paige and Nutkin had wandered as they pondered their escape. But Finn didn't want to escape. He wanted to return. He wanted to get Foggy back. He wanted to go back and shut down that trumpet alien. And he wanted to find his friends. He just had no idea how he was going to do any of it. Soon, Finn found himself in the bushes, just outside the short path from the castle to the stadium. Paige hadn't told him about everything that had happened, so Finn did not know what to make of the tall guard standing at the entrance to the stadium, nervously combing its hair. But Finn didn't have any time for questions. Hey, you! Finn yelled and ran out to the guard. Ah, you're not going to pull my hair, are you? Yelled the guard, pressing itself against the door. What? No, said Finn. I need your help. We have to go stop that giant trumpet alien before it blows away everything on this planet. The guard looked at Finn confused, so he took a moment to explain to the Yeti what had happened. So that's what those sounds were, said the guard. I do want to help, but I'm not supposed to move from this spot. After your sister got away from me, the king said I could never move until he said so, not even to go to the bathroom. What? said Finn. Then how do you... Never mind. I don't want to know. Look, last I saw, the king was on the ground, and a giant trumpet alien guy was looming over him. I know you don't want to break the rules, but if you stay here, there won't be a king anymore, and there won't be any rules to begin with. Okay, fine. We can get into the castle over there, and round up the other guards. But first, let's stop by the bathroom. The guards all gathered in the castle lobby. They were clearly agitated and had heard the strange sounds of the giant trumpet alien, but didn't yet know what was going on out there. Why are we just standing here? said Finn. There's enough of you. Let's just barge down that door and get out there. Nobody has given us any orders, said one guard. Orders? Who cares about orders? said Finn. We only listen to kings. Ugh. Finn thought again of how Paige would handle things, and he figured she would probably just take control. Fine. You want orders? I'll give you orders, said Finn. I, King Finn of Planet Finsburg in the Fantastic Galaxy, follow me and we will save King Huxley. That is an order. That seemed to be good enough for the guards, who all slammed into the castle door, cracking it and rolling the rock in front of it at the same time. The smaller trumpet alien, who had been standing guard by the door, scurried off, and three of the Yeti guards chased after him. No, don't worry about that little guy. He's not the one we... But the guards were already gone. Come on, we need all the help we can get against the... Finn looked up, and while he'd been away... The giant trumpet alien had grown even larger. He was now nearly as tall as the castle, and the trumpet stood out like an enormous cannon from the top of his head. 
He was stomping away toward the stadium when Finn and the guards broke out of the castle, and the noise drew his attention back to them. <laughs> you got yourself a little army, have you, Finn? Do you really think that a few hairy beasts like that can stop me? Look at me. It is over. You have lost. You have all lost. The alien bent and released another blast from his trumpet. The vibration was so strong, Finn could feel his bones shake. Stone began to crumble and fall from the castle. King Finn, said one of the guards. What is the plan now? Finn could see Foggy lying where he left him, still unable to move. He saw Nutkin and Barkin tied up and sitting beneath a tree with the king, who looked sicker than ever. One of the smaller trumpet aliens stood guard over them. There really was no reason to hope. And just then, a guard walked up with the smaller trumpet alien who had run away. Here, said the guard. Ah, oh, it's no use, said Finn. He doesn't do us any good unless he's 50 feet tall like that one over there. The trumpet giant saw the guard with the little alien and stomped his foot. Let my brother go! He yelled and released another blast. Once again, Finn and the guards were pushed up against the castle. All of them, except the guard who was holding on to the tiny trumpet alien. What is that noise? said Finn. I think it's this little guy, said the guard. I think I squeezed him a little too hard when the other one tried to blow us down. You think? said the trumpet alien. The giant released another blast. And while Finn and the others bounced against the walls of the castle, the guard with the small one, squeezing him tight, didn't budge. The guard was compressing some kind of sound out of the alien, like it was a bagpipe, and that seemed to create a wind tunnel large enough to block the giant's blast. Finn ran over behind the guard. As your king, I command you, march straight at that big alien, said Finn. Every time he tries to blast us, you squeeze that guy in your arms. Hey! said the little alien. Does it hurt? said Finn. Well, it doesn't tickle. Finn climbed on the guard's back, and the guard marched toward the giant. Furious, the giant blasted out another tune at the guard. But Finn yelled, Squeeze! And the guard compressed the little alien hard, just enough to keep them all from flying back, or flying off to the moon. I think we're going to have to try to change things up, said Finn. He began steering the guard, pulling on its right shoulder to turn right, left shoulder to turn left, yelling squeeze, squeeze, squeeze all along to try to keep them on their feet. But then, just when the trumpet alien let out another blast, he pulled the guard to the left, and the guard, squeezing the little trumpet alien all the way, dashed straight toward the king. Finn jumped off and grabbed the other trumpet alien. Okay, said Finn. Now we both have the weirdest weapons in the galaxy. The enormous alien blasted Finn and the guard. But Finn hugged the alien in his arms as hard as he could, and a low squeak came out, shielding them from the blast. He ran toward the giant alien and again fended off another blast with another squeeze of the alien in his arms. It went on like this for a couple of minutes, 
with Finn and the guard running around the giant, firing off trumpet blasts of their own each time the giant fired at them. They sounded like an orchestra of angry dolphins who had all turned on each other. Finn ran toward the giant and got within just a few feet deep in its cold shadow before he realized he'd forgotten one important thing. What to do once he got there? He turned, and the guard with the other trumpet alien was approaching as well, but the enormous trumpet alien bent low and blasted as hard as he could, sending the other alien out of the guard's arms. And the guard, sprawling on the ground, the little trumpet alien ran behind the giant. Finn looked up at the enormous alien, and it smiled at him. Then, wordlessly, it pointed his trumpet to the ground and let out an enormous sound. Finn flew high into the air, the trumpet alien in his hands, soaring almost out of reach. But Finn held on to its leg. From the planet below, it must have looked like Finn was a boy being carried off by his balloon. And from the height where Finn flew, everything began to look small. The trees, the aliens on the ground, even the castle started to shrink. He looked around, across the horizon one last time to see if somehow the explorer pod was going to suddenly materialize to save him the way it had when they faced Bunce on the red planet. But there was nothing. Not even a cloud. Just empty sky. Finn's stomach sank. And then he sank. He began falling hard and fast back to the ground. Okay, hi everyone, this is Jonathan. I hate to end the episode there, but there is still so much more to come. A couple more surprises in store, and so I had to split this episode into two. And if you've listened to past two-part episodes, you know that my editor, Griffin, usually sits them out in protest. Usually sits them out in protest. He does not like cliffhangers or split episodes. He wants the whole story right away. So he'll be back for the final finale. But in the meantime, I have a joke here from Ezra from Brooklyn. So let's play that right now. <laughs> All right. Great. Thank you, Ezra. And, you know, I thought maybe since Griffin's not here right now and we've received so much food for you, Bebop, maybe we could play a little game, you and me, given that you've already warmed up. Okay. First one to score 10 wins. No, 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 no. Not that kind of game, Bebop. It's a word association game. I'm going to say the name of the young chef who drew you some food. And since this is all food that you've already eaten, you say the first word that comes to mind when you think of that food. Does that sound good? Got it. Okay, so I'm going to say who made the art, and you say the very first word that comes to mind when you think of that art. Here we go. Clayton, who is eight. Delicious. <laughs> Harry Swift, 
who is eight, from New Orleans. Nutritious. Jude, who is eight, from Charlottesville, Virginia. Toasty. Emma Lou Goldsmith. Sweet. Hudson, who is eight, from Long Beach, California. Tart. <laughs> Ross, who is six, from Damascus, Ontario, Canada. Winter warmth. Brothers Jacob, who is nine, and Evan, who is five. Summer breeze. Fabian, who is six, from Manassas, Virginia. Umami. <laughs> Andrew and Zoe, from Bristow, Virginia. Cookies. Brothers Isaac, Malcolm, and Dominic. Baked goods. Lissy, who is six. Perfect. Levi, who is six, from Texas. Amazing. Parish and Scout from New Orleans, Louisiana. Nature's Bounty. Ruby, who is four, from Brookline, Massachusetts. Creamy. <laughs> Everett, who is seven, from Winfield, Alberta, Canada. Hardy. Sierra and Reed from St. Paul, Minnesota. Smarty. Hunter and Kira from Maplewood, New Jersey. Party. Gerard, who is six, from Portland, Oregon. Well done. Noreen Majid. Experimental. Danny from Telford, Pennsylvania. Bon appetit. George, who is seven, and Claudia, who is six, both from Charlottesville, Virginia. Dream team. Magnus, who is six, from Vancouver, British Columbia. Bountiful. Phoebe, who is two and a half, and her brother Seamus, who is five. Teamwork. Theo, who is six, from Montclair, New Jersey. Decadent. Sam from Coppell, Texas. Ah, uh, Samness. Zach and Nate from North Smithfield, Rhode Island. Little State, big flavor. Marin from Brisbane, Australia. Creative. And finally, Kelvin, who is seven, from Webster Groves, Missouri. Show me some more food. <laughs> right. Great job, Bebop. That was really good. Well, it was easy. I had great inspiration from all the art that these kids have sent me. Well said, Bebop. Okay, well, I think that's it for this episode, for part one here. Anything that you want to add, Bebop? Only that we're just days away from Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, season two is coming. Um, that's it, Bebop? There's no second part? There's no rhyme? I couldn't think of one on the spot. <laughs> okay, that's all right, Bebop. Okay, so thanks, Bebop, for sitting in on this episode. Thanks to my editor, Griffin, who is missed. And thanks to all of our artists and all of you listeners out there. Here's a little spoiler for part two. The episode is going to be called... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tell you that. What, are you crazy? We don't do spoilers here. Okay, thanks for coming back and having even more fun with us this week. And thanks to everyone who has sent in their art, their ideas, their jokes, their sounds. Remember, if you're in the Chicago area, Griffin and I will be doing a live performance of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian on June 11th. Details are in the show notes. It's going to be a lot of fun. The audience is going to direct the show. It should be a blast. Hope to see you there. And shout out to all of the artists who sent in their food. And thanks to Ezra from Brooklyn for the joke. Sounds this week were actually carried over from last week, but we'll have some more Sound Club contributions in Part 2, I promise, as well as in Bebop Tales Season 2, from what I understand. 
The Alien Avengers of Fincaspia is a Gen Z kids production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the Milky Way. For more information about the music, the art, everything about the show, check out the show notes. See all the art mentioned this week at fincaspian.com. And thanks, as always, for sending in everything that you sent in. I'm so excited to bring part two of the finale. It's been a lot of fun doing season two. Thanks to everybody who has listened this far. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Come on. You're really not going to tell us the title? Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.